Welcome to The Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week we discuss issues including hunger. I've been to the mountaintop. We're looking ahead now to the birthday of civil rights lion, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who would have been 94 this year. I have a dream. But what does that dream mean in a nation mired in political and economic turmoil and also to black people? Howard University Afro-American Studies and Law Professor Greg Carr goes in-depth with us, arguing that Dr. King's narrative has been distorted and that there's a war over his memory. That conversation after this short break. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake-me-up-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, we continue to fight, as we know. Um, we're through the looking glass when it comes to American electoral politics. Um, this, of course, is unfolding by design. And I don't mean by any deliberate individual design. I mean that the we knew that ultimately the electoral college and the kind of minority rule system that we have in terms of electoral politics was ultimately going to come to this. And so, you know, when you see a Chip Roy who, you know, out of Texas, Congressman out of Texas, one of only three congressman to vote against the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act stand up in the fourth of the eventually 15 attempts to make Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House and nominate Byron Donalds, a black man out of Florida, and says uh, in the words of Dr. King we judge people not by the color of their skin but the content of their character, then we know that the King narrative has been sufficiently distorted to fit this, this absurdity we're in. And as far as the condition of black people, finally, I mean, I think we continue to lag behind in just about every indicator, economics, education, housing, uh, suspect to police violence. And, you know, that, too, has not changed. It, it seems almost intractable, these issues we face. It's interesting that you said the King narrative has been hijacked because the King Center this year is talking about his idea of the beloved community, you know, the political policies that would support the elimination of poverty and hunger and bigotry and violence. But it seems like the nation is kind of doing the opposite of that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, it's ironic. I was talking to my students uh, last night at the law school and this morning um, in class, in undergraduate class, and we were talking about the meaning of the King holiday. 
And so, so many of them, so many young people around the country, in fact, of any background, weren't around. Even in 1983, when Stevie Wonder and Coretta Scott King and John Kynes and so many put this thing on their back to fight for this federal holiday. And I had to remind them that black folk took Dr. King's birthday off the January after he was assassinated, whether anybody gave us permission or not. And it seems to me that the farther we get from the assassination of Martin King, the farther we get away from King's message. And his message was not only the message in 1963 on the steps of the March uh, of the Lincoln Memorial and March on Washington, but his real message seems to me are in those five years after that. I mean, his stance against the Vietnam war, his assertion that the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today is the United States of America, his stance in saying that this country uh, engenders the triple evils of militarism, extreme materialism and racism. And this is the king that Vincent Harding, his very good friend who helped him write that anti-Vietnam war speech called the inconvenient hero. And so we've we've had a 50 plus year war now over the memory of Dr. King. And there are elements in this society that want to freeze him on those steps, talking about content of character and that color of skin while they prevail. Uh, the violence that he stood against prevails. And, and, and we have to recover that kind of king. So I'm with the King Center on that. Interestingly, as you were just saying, it's hard to find a lot of talk about what happened after that speech, which brings me to my question about education. The new House Speaker basically said, listen, we're going to fight woke indoctrination. Legislators around the nation are targeting classes, speaking, teaching everything from diversity to slavery to equality. What is that going to mean to the students in those classes that don't know about this stuff? Well, I'm actually, Allison, this is interesting. I, I kind of take a different perspective, I think, from a lot of people. I'm I'm very much um, um, encouraged by this. I, 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 um, I support Speaker McCarthy and all the racists who want to do this, uh, the governor of Florida and Texas. And I support that because, you see, when you drop all the pretenses and show us who you are, in the words of Maya Angelou, somebody tells you who you are, you should believe them. That's when people rally. I think when you look at American history, it is those inflection points that have moved this country ahead Uh, at those inflection points. What we see is people show you who they are. I think Kevin McCarthy should embrace that with his whole heart. And I I encourage him to do that because see what that does is those of us who believe in our common humanity and in that beloved community now have a target to organize against. Um, As I tell people all the time, this critical race theory legislation they pass, as soon as they go with that anti-woke legislation, you should have all the retirees and all the folks in the prayer warriors in the, in, the, in, the, in the study circles start calling whatever hotline they have to report CRT and say, yeah, uh, hello. Yeah, my grandbaby said that um, she was in class and y'all didn't mention Harriet Tubman. She was traumatized by that click. Hello. Yes. Uh, my grandbaby called and said that uh, there was nothing about Martin Luther King in today's lesson and he was traumatized. Click. Hello. You see, this is how you organize people. You got to give them a target. Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy is painting a target on the back of every person who stands against our common humanity. And I think at every moment in, in, in American history, whether it be the 1950s and 60s and 70s, the, the long civil rights, human rights movement, whether it be the anti-slavery movement of the 1850s and 60s. And by the way, I was discouraged by the fact that I didn't see a lot in media covering the reason why they went over two months and nearly 120 ballots to elect a speaker in 1856. The fight in 1856 was over slavery. <laughs> this is the whole point. And it, it was barely, if ever mentioned in, in mass commercial media, 
um, the the fights in this country that have seen us move farthest ahead have been fights that have been engendered when people had clear cut lines drawn and they're drawing clear cut lines today. I've got to jump in and say uh the House Speaker McCarthy and some of the others would argue that they are not, in fact, being racist. They are they say they are trying to keep children from feeling bad about the past and about their sexuality and that kind of thing. But I also wonder in this year of, you know, this day, this week of Dr. King's birthday, uh, what do you think about the economic inequality in the nation, which continues to worsen, not just for black people, but for Latina people as well? Well, I think that's a structural problem that that has to be addressed structurally, Allison. In fact, I, I encourage people all the time to, when they when we want to talk about Martin Luther King, start with the book that he had completed just as he was assassinated. The book that was published that year as Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community. In that book, Martin Luther King talks about what it means to have courage and what it means when our courage fails. And he calls out folk by by demographic. He, he has a chapter on the white liberal. He has a chapter on black power. He talks about internalized self-hatred in black communities and what it takes to overcome that. And then near the end, he lays out his program. This is not the I have a dream Martin Luther King. This is the Martin Luther King who says this should be a, a, a baseline income for everybody in the United States, almost a universal basic income concept. This should be open education for everyone to their ability and skill. There should be housing for everyone. He lays this out in a, in a short chapter at the end of the book. Um, we can't address these uh, challenges by diverting our tax dollars to tax breaks for billionaires and millionaires and engendering job training programs for jobs that are already obsolete. These, these things have to be addressed structurally by putting a floor under the people who live in this country. And it can't be nativist. It can't be anti-immigrant. All of these things that are being stoked by those who use division in order to try to gain or maintain political power ultimately will lead to the collapse of the country. And it's not just me saying that. That's what Martin Luther King is saying in 1968. I've just got to ask you one more, Professor Carr. Someone said to me yesterday, well, what do you do for King Day? I mean, do you go to a parade? Do you march? Do you read a history book? What do you suggest people do? Well, I let me let me let me give you two. Uh, one, I think we should study King and study King, study the King between 1963 and 68. If you want to study our, his time and life, life and time, I think that beginning not with the march on Washington in August 1963, but the response to the march on Washington, which is really what happened to those six children in Birmingham, the four little girls in Birmingham, 16th Street Baptist Church and the two boys who were killed that day as well. That's the response. And that's and of course, that leads into 1964, the Black Power March in Mississippi and the passage of the of Civil Rights Act of 64, the, the campaign for the Voting Rights Act in 1965, King in Chicago, where he sees northern racism trying to integrate housing in 66 and 67, King facing the Vietnam War in 67. That That's where we should devote our time if we want to study Martin Luther King. Uh, not just Montgomery, not just, you know, the, 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 the I have a dream speech. And the other uh, category, I would say this, something not to do. It it sticks in my craw when we all go out and do public service on King Day, providing services that we already pay for with our tax dollars. Anybody showing up at a school to paint the school or showing up to pick up trash, as, if you're going to do that, fine. But while you're out there, 
it should be combined with a rally where you call out the name of whatever pu- public official didn't put the public dollars to employ people to do that since we already paid for it because it seems to me that's what Martin Luther King would be doing. That's Professor Greg Carr at Howard University. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a rating or a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show. It's going to be coming out every Thursday. So exciting. You'll you'll be saying to yourself, TGIT. Thank God it's Thursday. We're going to be talking about all the things that hopefully obsess you in the same way that they obsess me. The election, economics, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. And I know that I listed that fourth, but in importance, it's probably second. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? I mean, talk about innovative. Listen to The Weekly Show with Jon Stewart wherever you get your podcasts.